This is a Suno India production and you're listening to Science and Us. Hello Hari. Hi Rakesh. So Hari is an independent journalist from Coimbatore and he has reported for this episode of Science and Us. So what's the episode about Hari? It's about nuclear waste. What about it? that we don't really have a long term plan for this kind of stuff hmm. talking about nuclear waste did you hear about the russian forces leaving chernobyl over fear of radiation yeah all russian forces that had occupied the chernobyl nuclear power station have pulled back from the plant that's according to ukraine's state nuclear company energatom which on thursday suggested that concerns over radiation had driven the russians away The explosion of one of Chernobyl's nuclear reactors in 1986 was the worst nuclear accident in history, contaminating swaths of the surrounding area with deadly radiation. Energoatom also said on Thursday that it had confirmed information that Russian troops had dug fortifications, including trenches, in the so-called Red Forest, the most radioactively contaminated part of the zone around Chernobyl. In a statement, the power company said, quote, "Almost a riot began to brew among the soldiers due to fears of radiation." The Russians should have been smart enough not to mess with that stuff. Also, Russia has an important role to play in a nuclear controversy that is brewing closer home. Oh, what's that? This April, Tamil Nadu Chief Minister Stalin met Prime Minister Narendra Modi in Delhi and put forth a number of demands. One of his demands stands out. Stalin wants the spent nuclear fuel from the country's largest nuclear power plant located in Tamil Nadu to be taken to Russia or stored in a deep underground facility. Now that's not something you hear every day. Like what? I have so many questions. What is spent fuel and what does Russia have to do with it? I'm sure you have more, but let me start from the very beginning of the story. First, a little backgrounder on the Indian nuclear power program. You might know that it's pretty limited in size. Yeah, I mean it produces only about 3% of energy needs in the country. Correct. We have a total of 22 nuclear reactors that work on different kinds of technology. And it so happens that the largest one is in Tamil Nadu. So Stalin was talking about the Kudankulam nuclear power plant located near the southernmost tip of India. The nuclear power plant was first envisaged as part of an intergovernmental agreement between the then Prime Minister Rajiv Gandhi and USSR leader Mikhail Gorbachev in 1988. However, after the USSR fell in 1991, the project was shelved until it was finally revived only a decade later. But this time around, the terms of the deal were revised, and it will have deep ramifications. Now, earlier agreement had a part, which is the spent fuel will be taken back to Russia. That is in the uh, Soviet Union. That is in the 1988 uh, agreement. But that was not there in the second agreement, and uh, it was not clear what what should be done with the spent fuel afterwards. This is Dr. T R Govindrajan, a retired professor of theoretical physics at the Institute of Mathematical Sciences, who is also a part of the Tamil Nadu Science Forum. Oh, that's why Stalin wants this nuclear thing out of his backyard. But why is he talking about it now? You see, India only has temporary facilities for storing nuclear waste as of now. The controversy has cropped up because the Nuclear Power Corporation of India, also known as the NPCIL, is planning to set up one more temporary facility at Kudangulam. This temporary facility is called an away from reactor facility or AFR. And what's spent nuclear fuel? 
You see, uh, uranium-235 is fed into a reactor in the form of fuel rods and these old rods are replaced with new ones once every two years or so to keep producing power efficiently. Once they are removed, the rods are kept in a swimming pool-like setup inside the reactor. Here these rods spend another five to seven years cooling down. The fuel that has been used up is called spent nuclear fuel, but it's not waste just yet. We can recycle this and this is what India has been doing. We call this a closed fuel cycle. Dr. Govind Rajan explains this in further detail. Closed cycle is essentially uh, the part that you are using the uranium. Now, what they call as a spent fuel, okay? Spent fuel is not waste. And you can reprocess and get more fuel out of it because the original uranium which is supplied to the reactor in this thing, only one or two percent of uranium is utilized. The main thing is utilized. So there is a lot of energy still that can be extracted from the fuel, which are uh, not utilized in the thing. So what they do, what they can do is uh, uh, reprocess them and try to use uh, the material again in other reactors. So the cycle, closed cycle is essentially in the sense of you utilize uh, completely the uranium which is supplied and uh, utilize it to the maximum extent possible. And the stuff that is left over even after this recycling is nuclear waste. So how does an away from reactor facility or AFR work? Yeah, Dr. Govindrajan gave me a lowdown. The reactor site, there are pools, swimming pool type thing which is, uh, where the spent fuel can be kept. But as you go, as you uh, try to use the reactor more and more, then more and more spent fuel will be accumulated. So they have to move the spent fuel or the earlier spent fuel to a place which is close by, but in the complex itself, which is known as away from reactor spent fuel because it is much cooler and uh, safer also. So it can be kept in safe custody uh, in this place. And the new uh, spent fuel can be kept in the pools. Okay. So, do we have a way of permanently stowing away nuclear waste? Yeah, and that's called the Deep Geological Repository or DGR. DGR is a type of a long-term storage facility that is located deep underground so that it will remain undisturbed for thousands of years. These places are geologically stable and are unlikely to be impacted by natural disasters. And this is the best idea we have as of now. Is that the only viable one? No, scientists have toyed with ideas such as shooting the nuclear waste into space. Are you serious? Yes, in fact, the US-based Space Studies Institute studied the possibility of space disposal of nuclear waste in 1999. You can take a wild guess why it won't work out. Some others also considered burying the waste deep under the seabed. But all of these ideas were found to be too dangerous or expensive. What are other countries in the world doing? Long-term storage of nuclear waste across the world continues to be an afterthought. Many countries, including the US, use a dry cask storage. What is the dry cask storage? You just put the waste in steel and concrete cylinders and store them temporarily near the reactor. The US tried to set up a DGR in Yakka Mountain, but the project is in limbo due to public opposition. Meanwhile, Finland has almost made this a reality. The Nordic country has been constructing the first of its kind DGR, which the International Atomic Energy Agency has dubbed a game-changer in the disposal of nuclear waste. The $3.4 billion DGR facility has a series of tunnels half a kilometer underground. The waste is loaded into steel canisters 
and backfilled with copper capsules before being buried in holes. Later, the tunnels are closed with bentonite clay. This facility is expected to be ready by next year. Besides Finland, Sweden has approved a DGR project in its country as well. That said, many other countries have DGRs for hazardous waste like mercury, arsenic and cyanide across the world. The US also has a DGR for radioactive waste from nuclear weapons but not for spent nuclear fuel. Many others are also planning to set it up given the fact that these DGRs are located in uninhabited places and are not vulnerable to any kind of natural disasters. Scientists widely agree that it is unlikely to pose a danger to the environment. Yeah, I mean, unless people far away in the future don't dig them up, I guess. Oh yeah, that's a problem some scientists abroad are working on. You see, modern civilizations have only existed for a few thousand years, while nuclear waste will last way longer. And humans are curious beings, right? We did open up uh, pyramids and tombs. Imagine finding something scary when archaeologists opened up an Egyptian tomb. Opening up mummies is one thing, but opening up nuclear waste could be worse. The US Department of Energy had in fact commissioned a study in 1984 on how to convey this message to the future. And they recommended that such a warning should be translated into all six of the United Nations languages, which are uh, Arabic, Chinese, English, French, Russian and Spanish. The hope is that at least one of these languages would survive. A US lab named Sandia Laboratories also came up with an example message. Here, read this. This place is a message and part of system of messages. Pay attention to it. Sending this message was important to us. We considered ourselves to be a powerful culture. This place is not a place of honor. No highly esteemed deed is commemorated here. Nothing valued is here. What is here was dangerous and repulsive to us. This message is a warning about danger. The danger is in a particular location. It increases towards the center. The center of danger is here, of a particular size and shape and below us. The danger is still present in your time as it was in ours. The danger is to the body and it can kill. The form of danger is an emanation of energy. The danger is unleashed only if you substantially disturb this place physically. This place is best shunned and left uninhabited. This is not specific at all. Not sure this will work. But anyways, go on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. <laughs> the idea is to have messages uh, of increasing degree of complexity. There's more. The study also recommends the setting up of physical markers like thorns, spikes or forbidding blocks. Further, danger symbols of different types could also be used. But this is not a comprehensive set of recommendations. Let's get back to the present day world. So, why has India not set up a DGR? One of the major problems with anything nuclear is the NIMBY syndrome, which is essentially people saying, not in my backyard. G. Sundar Rajan, an anti-nuclear activist who runs an NGO called uh, Pugulagin Nanbargal or Friends of Earth, recalls an incident that clearly illustrates this. He recalls a time when the Supreme Court was hearing a case filed by Sundar Rajan against the setting up of the Kodunkulam nuclear power plant in 2012. Uh, when we asked them, uh, it was in 2012, because I, we, we were the petitioners, I was in the Supreme Court. When we asked them, so what are you going to do with the spent fuel that would come out of uh, Kurangulam? The answer came from the um, Solicitor General or Attorney General. Um, they said, you know, they are planning to take it to Kolar Goldfields. So it was a uh, you know, Friday evening. 
So the media broke out the news that Kudunglam uh, nuclear spent fuel will be taken to Polar and it will be uh, kept inside the uh, already established deep mines there which was established for the gold to be mined and it is now defunct now. I mean defunct at that point of time. So but uh, Karnataka opposed it very heavily. You know, uh, uh, The chief minister of Karnataka at that point of time Jagdish Shatar said that uh, not only in Kolar but anywhere in Karnataka they will not allow the uh, spent fuel to be kept uh, uh, in the mines. So next few days, in the next two days time, the same uh, Government of India Attorney General came and told the Supreme Court that the uh, nuclear spent fuel from Kudungulam will be kept inside the Kudungulam plant itself. As it turned out, the rocks at Kolar were not good enough to house a repository either. Then came one of the most important judgments with regard to handling of nuclear waste. So the uh, Supreme Court uh, gave a direction in 2013 May stating that uh, DGR, the Deep Geological Repository, should be set up within five years time from the date of this judgment, which is 2018. But uh, uh, in 2014, uh, the NPCL went back to uh, uh, the Supreme Court and said uh, DGR might take some time, but initially we will set up the away from reactor facility. The Supreme Court said, you set up the DGR as, as soon as you can. Meanwhile, you also tried to set up this AFR facility. But in 2018, uh, NPCL went back to the uh, Supreme Court and said, um, uh, you know, we don't have the technology to set up AFR in India. And uh, it's first of its kind in India. AFR or away from reactor facility, as we discussed earlier, is a temporary facility. The NPCIL is unlikely to meet its uh, 2022 deadline which will be over on April uh, 30. And the government seems to think that it will cross the bridge when it gets to it. So, the ball will quite literally be back in the court then. No wonder Stalin is putting pressure. Yes, once the deadline is over, the court will have to make a decision on the further course of action. Sundarajan also hopes to make a strong case for a DGR. So, we will put our case strongly that, uh, you know, what, what, what is our views and the uh, court will decide on the further course of action. But the uh, court will also, I think, will consider the letter written by the Chief Minister stating that uh, the DGR has to be formed, uh, you know, constructed before going ahead with the AFR thing. So, I think the court will also take this into account. Why does the government not want to build a permanent facility to store nuclear waste right now? The Indian government says it barely has any waste. Is that true? We do reprocess most of the spent nuclear fuel, which reduces the quantity of waste by about 10 times. In 2014, the Minister of State for Atomic Energy said that India generates about 4 tons of nuclear waste per gigawatt of energy produced. And in 2021, India produced just shy of 7 gigawatts of nuclear energy. It's hard to calculate how much waste is generated as we only have the 2014 estimates of the amount of nuclear waste produced per gigawatt. But all said and done, the amount of nuclear waste in India is not very high compared to many other countries. Also, there's a catch. The spent nuclear fuel in Kudungulam, the largest reactor, is not reprocessed. Remember the revised agreement between India and Russia that does not have a clause for reprocessing? So, there is a need for a fresh bilateral agreement to reprocess this fuel. Nevertheless, activists are not pleased with this approach of crossing the bridge when we get to it. Here's what SP Kumaran, who was the face of anti-nuclear protests in Kudungulam, has to say. When, when, we, when you and I build a house, you know, we, we do not just um, uh, set up a closet in the toilet and lay the pipes uh, 
uh, outside the toilet and they and say look let us wait until the pipes get to filled up and then we can talk about uh, you know worry about uh, uh, septic tank or uh, well or something like that now this is too early to worry about that's not we think and plan we see it as an integral system and we do construct a septic tank also when we set up the uh, closet so the, if the closet is a nuclear reactor and the pipes can be uh, likened with um, compared with uh, the afr and other interim storage sites we must have a septic tank dg dgr deep geological repository a country that has been producing electricity from nuclear sector for such a long time and who wants to go for massive expansion must plan for a dgr that is what we are saying look we cannot operate with this haphazard approach construct a dgr tell the the people of the country where the final resting place will be for all the waste that we are accumulating across the country they are not saying that what they are doing is they are trying to avoid the whole issue uh, by saying that you know we are using a closed fuel cycle method we will be left with very little waste and uh, you know this is too early to worry about uh, we can just go ahead keep going no that's that's not a responsible uh, intelligent way to go about it so what happens to the nuclear waste where is it kept firstly there are different types of waste and depending on the category the disposal method changes the high level liquid waste which accounts for just 3% of the nuclear waste but contributes to about 99% of the radioactivity is turned into glass through a process known as vitrification the waste then becomes much easier to handle and this uh, conversion prevents any kind of leakage but it is still radioactive these are currently kept in air cooled walls in tarapur in maharashtra and kalpakkam in tamil nadu and then there is the low and intermediate level waste which includes discarded protective clothing tools reactor components and what not but these account for only a low amount of radioactivity the ultimate disposal of nuclear waste is not the only problem environmental activists raise doubts over how spent nuclear fuel is stored in kodangulam as well out of 6 units proposed in kodangulam each with a capacity of 1000 megawatts the away from reactor facility is to be constructed only for units 3 and 4 as of now but here's the irony units 3 and 4 are still under construction and units 1 and 2 that have already been constructed do not have an afr yet what that doesn't sound right that's what environmental activists think too yeah well actually they had a plan to build the afr for the first uh, two reactors and on july i think in july 10 2019 they had called for a public hearing uh we came to know about it just so one day before that and a few of my friends and i went to the uh, bdo's office and we asked them if they had advertised uh, uh, that information in the newspapers local papers and if they had informed the local public they hadn't done any of that you know when when you when you organize a public hearing you are supposed to run an ad in the local newspaper invite people and also uh, the detailed project report should be shared with the public so that people could read and come prepared to ask relevant questions they hadn't done anything like that so we objected to their uh, uh, way of functioning and we told them that no tomorrow we will not allow 
uh, you to uh, hold this public hearing and uh, they were forced to you know stop it ever since we haven't heard a word about uh, that uh, project so uh, in, uh, instead of doing that uh, public hearing for uh, the afr for projects 1 and 2 they are bypassing the whole thing and going for units 3 and 4 they say that they don't need any kind of special permission from anyone because uh, it is part and parcel of the uh, third and fourth unit you know the point is this if they go for a public hearing for uh, afr for 1 and 2 they are afraid that there will be a backlash people may object and uh, that will create a scene so instead of uh, doing all that they want to avoid by saying that uh, units 3 and 4 Uh, already incorporate the AFR in their design and project implementation, and they are going for it. So this is a completely deceitful way of uh, dealing with this issue. I didn't get any response to emails sent to NPCIL and the Department of Atomic Energy. So not very transparent, right? That could break the public trust. Yes, that's exactly what Uday Kumaran says. the only information they release to the public is when they shut down a reactor for annual maintenance or um, fuel loading and things of that sort or when they have some major hiccups right now unit 2 has been shut down and they say that it will be it will remain shut down for some 45 days and they are uh, refueling it or maybe also doing some maintenance and the project will be the unit will be up and running in about 45 days so they give only this kind of bits and pieces of information they are not open honest transparent and responsible so what are the activists demands they want the government to start working on a deep geological repository right now because the construction of a djr may take over a decade nevertheless they don't oppose the construction of an afr Why do we say you will have to finalize DGR before constructing AFR? Why do we say that? We are not saying you construct DGR. We know DGR construction will take about fifteen years time. But what we are saying is you finalize the place where you will set up the DGR. You do the environment impact study. You do the socio economic study of that place. It will take about couple of years time to do that entire study. and finalize a place geotechnical study geomorphology because you have to store this radioactive isotopes for the next about 24000 years or 48000 years or 100000 years because each of those isotopes have different half life period finding a site for dgr is not going to be easy either nimbi syndrome will play up right that's absolutely true why would i be willing to take any risk however minuscule if i don't gain anything from it right Here, take a listen to the demands of the locals in Kodangulam. Kodangulam, Anu Vulaiyil, Ullur Makkalukku Velai Vaipa Alikka Padavillai Yena Kutram Sati Samar Ayinutruku Merpattavarkal Anu Vulai Munbaagh Darna Poratathilidu Batterkarakal Kodar Viranglode Namada Seeri Adar Sevamani Enendrakar Sevamani Thagaval Kalasun. The news is about how over 500 people staged a demonstration in front of the Kodangulam nuclear power plant, alleging that the locals have not got any job opportunities at the plant. It is clear that technocrats are not taking the local communities along. They do not get jobs or subsidies in return for taking that risk. If there is a net positive result for the communities, they would be far more willing to allow the construction of a DGR or a nuclear power plant. Mind you, nuclear energy is largely a safe mode of power generation 
and helps fight the immediate problem of climate change. And the construction of a DGR would build faith in the safety of nuclear energy, right? Yes, in fact, a number of countries are trying to build mini reactors that are the size of a bungalow. When such reactors become commercially viable, nuclear energy may be able to power even remote villages that are disconnected from the grid the same way renewables are doing today. Even if India doesn't need a DGR today, as some scientists say, I suppose it doesn't hurt to start planning one. Yes. That's it for this episode of Science and Dice. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Science and Us. You can listen to more episodes on our website sunoindia.in or on any other podcast app of your choice. Suno India is an independent media organization which relies on listeners to support our work. So please consider contributing by visiting the support us page on our website sunoindia.in. Thank you.